Welcome to Tailboard Talk, a fourth shift fitcast. The mission of Tailboard Talk and the fourth shift fitness is to educate and train fire service personnel to increase durability and decrease the potential for injuries and their associated costs. My name is Chris Morella, owner and founder of Fourth Shift Fitness. I'll use my experience as a personal trainer, strength coach, and 15-year veteran of the fire service to deliver tips, tricks, lessons, and information specifically geared towards the health and wellness of firefighters and paramedics. Each episode, you'll leave with immediate deliverables that will improve performance and resilience and keep you in the fight through your career and into retirement. Let's get into it. Found out uh, I was going to tell you about my phone charging port. Oh, yeah. So I have an old phone. Whatever the, not free one, but the cheapest one is. One camera on mm-hmm. the iPhone because what, what are we doing? Right. And uh, I was like, the charging cable wouldn't fit in it. You know, and it made me think of it because you were saying how gross your phone is when yeah. you took the case off mm-hmm. in the store. It's yucky. And, it's embarrassing. Uh, yeah. So the cable wouldn't fit in, but then you could... You could put the charging cable in and like pull it forward and it would connect. Mm-hmm. And then, so then you'd have to plug it in and like wrap it around the phone to keep oh, tension yeah. on it, to mm-hmm. keep it charging. And I was finally like, this is not, this is a pain because uh, if you hook it up to your car for directions, it's intermittent. And then like podcasts were skipping in and out in the car, you know? So I was like, I'm going to have to spend a hundred bucks and get this thing fixed. So of course I went on YouTube beforehand because how... How intricate could an iPhone be? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sure I have the tools for it, right? Yep. And it's this thing like, if your charging port doesn't hold a cable, watch this video. And I was like, all right, cool. And the guy's like, hey, I'm going to give you this quick fix on your charging port. And I was, it was like a three-minute video. I'm like, this is going to be terrible. So he's got like a screwdriver and a safety pin. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm right up my alley. Here we go. I'm like, this is my kind of guy. He goes, basically what you're going to do is just put the safety pin in there and dig out all the lint that was in your pocket from your charging port. Yeah. And I'm like, no way. And uh, I did it, and I pulled out maybe a quarter inch of belly button lint out of my charging <laughs> yeah. port. And then I clicked it, and it was like, <laughs> like <Perfect>. son of a, <laughs> like, that's gross. <laughs> like, I think I remember seeing a video of that. <laughs> like, Same thing happening. <laughs> what is all this? <laughs> Yucky, but. Yeah, I, uh, they took my case off because they, you do your own, like, phone switch over now at home oh you're when talking, you get a yeah. new phone they don't do it at the store anymore okay but they put a sticker on the back of your old phone so you can send it back to wherever they you send it back to mm. and like the sticker would barely like stick onto the back of my phone because there's so much <laughs> skin and Some shit money. in there. <laughs> yeah. but uh yeah it's pretty cool they they well mine took mine took a while to get updated but uh yeah, yeah they just send you home with it now and basically wash their hands of any of your personal information that they're going to come across on there? Well, probably so they don't screw it up. Isn't it like that was the common thing of probably yeah. they ditch all your contacts or something like yeah. that while they're doing it? It's either that or, yeah, I'm sure that, I mean, you have all your passwords and financial yeah. stuff on there and everything. So they probably just want you to do your own factory reset and then, then it's not their problem. Um, well, let's talk about injuries. And uh, we did back and shoulder injury prevention training i think that's another topic too because while i was doing it i noticed that throughout the day we stopped we stopped calling it injury prevention training and almost started calling like injury reduction training yeah and uh also changed the message of like chances are you're gonna get hurt 
maybe this will help you not get hurt as badly. Right. Not absolve us from injuries altogether. Correct. Yeah. And that's, um, that was kind of something that at LGN, I don't know if we learned it at Con Ed or something like that, but we kind of changed our lingo from injury prevention to injury reduction because we weren't, we weren't preventing every injury, but yeah. we were reducing the probability of injuries. And then we were reducing the time loss if you did suffer an injury. And it just became a little bit more of a all-encompassing uh, subject matter versus just saying like, well, we're going to prevent injuries. Cause it's like, we talk about it all the time. And this is the hardest thing with building a wellness program is you don't know how many injuries you've prevented. There's no way to, re- I mean, there is a way to quantify it, but it's over time, yeah. you know, and we're not measuring it. And, uh, unless you have a program implemented that you can specifically measure, it's really hard to measure if you've actually prevented injuries or not. Um, and so, uh, yeah, we ended up going to injury reduction versus injury prevention is our, is our terminology for it. Yeah. And I, why well, I even looked at it, even the smaller scope is the severity of each individual injury, mm-hmm. you know, and cause you can tease that out right. of like, yeah, I had a little tweak in my back and I took some ibuprofen on better versus, I wasn't put off work, you know? Right. And you can easily compare that to other people because we've had a number of them who have gotten hurt doing seemingly benign tasks. Right. You know? And so if you, and severe injuries. So if you play that out as like, well, I was in this bad spot and I had a little back tweak. This person was in this relatively risk-free position and had a significant issue that put them off for a long time. Mm -hmm. And I'm doing something they're not. Right. You know, it's kind of a low-hanging fruit. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's entirely accurate, but right. you can certainly use that as a food-for-thought moment when you're selling a program. Yeah. And we have, you know, I mean, there's there's a couple of guys at the department that have trained with us for a long time. And numerous times, they've, over the, the decade or so since their severe injuries, they've gotten re-injured. But their comment is always, this would have, I would have been incapacitated for weeks for this and now within days i'm back to work you know and functioning again and uh you know so that's that's you know just kind of proof in the pudding of the injury reduction versus not well i think it makes it palatable for people too because that's when i was doing my in-person stuff i would always start off with that Well, well there's always for about half of one session if i was doing three of them the chief was always in there for just 20 minutes and then be like, I got other stuff to do. This guy's not a complete idiot. So I'm just leaving, you know? Yeah. So I'd make sure that in the first 20 minutes, especially when the chief would show up, I would say like, no matter what I say today, you're just going to get, sometimes you're just going to get hurt. Like right. sometimes we're going to do all the right things and you're going to do all the preventative measures you can and you're still going to get hurt. And that's just the way it is. So everything I'm teaching you guys today is to help, with those injuries when they happen, not avoid them completely because that's impossible. Right. And uh, so in taking that reduction angle instead of prevention, I think makes it more approachable for people mm-hmm. because now it's not, I think when so, you say something's preventative or you're going to prevent something, it sounds a lot more involved and like a lot more work and right. like a lot more commitment and investment. And if you just say reduction, it's like, well, that means I can take a 10, make it into a nine and I've, I've succeeded. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, that, yeah, from, from just a sales point, it seemed to be a lot more approachable for Which people. Which is a success, though, you know, and that's like... It is. I don't want it to be yeah. seen as like, well, you just barely did something. But it's like, you know, I think with us, for every day that somebody's off, it costs the city 
you know, fifteen hundred, two thousand dollars yeah. by the time you fill overtime and uh, you know all the associated costs with someone being off for a day. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about coming back then, because um, we've both been able to train some people that have come back from some pretty significant injuries, and uh, through the training that we just put on for the part, when we kind of identified a very important part of their recovery. Um, so what did you want to hit on first with return to work stuff? Um, I think the biggest thing is there's kind of three, sometimes four stages of coming back from an injury. So obviously you, and th these are major ones most likely. Um, so say, say you do actually opt for surgery, you know, so, you, so your orthopedic is the first level that you're at, you know, and basically they take you to the point of physical therapy and you have a few follow-ups afterwards, but their whole goal is just to make sure that you don't have an infection, that the surgery doesn't need to be redone. And after that, they're kind of, they kind of wash their hands of you, you know, but that's, that's always to me, the, um, the hardest person to, uh, I don't, we don't argue directly with orthopedics, but a lot of times people will say like, yeah, my orthopedic cleared me. Well, it's like, he didn't clear you. He just, you can't, he can't make any more money off you. Yeah. His job is over. <laughs> he cleared you, know? you off of his itinerary. Correct. Yeah. You didn't get infection. He doesn't have to redo your surgery. Like you're done, you know? And so at, th at that point, and he's not a strength and conditioning guy or a physical therapist. So at that point, he doesn't have a service to offer you, you know? So then you move on to physical therapy. And I think this is where a lot of people think they're done is they get done with physical, physical therapy and they're like, yeah, I'm cleared. I'm good to go. And it's like, you're not though. You are, but you're not. Right. And I think that's always the hardest part is people get to the end of physical therapy and they go, okay, well I'm back. And it's like, you have a lot of work to do. And that's, that's a, a really precarious spot that you're in because you're not back, you know? Yeah. And unfortunately we work a job where we don't have the benefit of time, you know? So somebody who tears their labrum, you know, they can, they can sit at their office desk and not move their arm and still be a fully functioning, capable employee. Right. But for us, like at nine months, say you get cleared from physical therapy to come back, you're you're not a fully functioning <laughs> employee, but you're you're expected to raise, you know, throw a twenty foot four foot ladder by yourself yeah. the day you come back to work, you know? And so there's just there's a lot of work that needs to be done after you're done with physical therapy. And I think a lot of people consider that the finish line of like, yeah, I'm done with and maybe so the the third step in there is maybe you get a little work hardening, you yeah. know, thrown at your thrown your way. But you know, two weeks, four weeks of work hardening, you know. One, it's a that's a trick in itself too, because your work hardening isn't it, it's a false show of what you can do. Right. So you have work hardening, which is a set of arbitrary tasks for a longer period of time mm -hmm. designed to like see where you're at. But then you get a massage afterwards and you get to sit there with a hot or an ice pack, you know, and you get mm -hmm. to chill and then stretch out and then go home and then come back and do that the next day. Right. Um, and I suppose maybe there's just, there's just some confusion with what, what the job of a, a PT is, a physical therapist is versus what we expect from people. So, I mean, we've gone over this before that to be cleared by a physical therapist is basically, let's say it's a shoulder injury, lay you on your back or sit you up and move your arm through a range of motion. And unless mm -hmm. you yelp in pain, or you have a severe mo mobility restriction, right? That's it. Like yeah. they did their job; they restored a normal range of function mm -hmm. to your arm, and uh, and then you get a massage, and then you get yep. to therapy. Therapy that thing. You fill it to insurance. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then when you leave uh, there, 
like you said, most people think they're good, but really you're just at a point where you can start building strength again. And so a lot of guys are like, well, uh, they'll have days where like, well, I feel pretty good. So I'm just going to skip my, my band exercises, you know? And then that turns to like, well, I didn't do any, do them yesterday. And I did a couple lifts of patience and I feel pretty good. So maybe I just don't need them anymore. Right. And then you keep going hit or miss. And then you finally test that thing for real. And you find out that you're not functional. Like you're not actually able to do what you thought you were because you, you went from who knows what preexisting condition you were in to completely inactive and, and, and unable and then built back up to a level of range of motion. And then you're just accepting that right when you could very well be below what you were before. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we've talked to guys and we, we got to kind of pick on some specifically in that training of like, once you leave physical therapy, even after work hardening, that's when the actual work starts of mm-hmm. your recovery because you're at a point where it's going to feel good enough to do some stupid stuff, but it's not strong enough to complete those tasks, right. tasks all the time without any kind of risk. Um, but that's, that's difficult because you're also going from a doctor to a physical therapist, to a personal trainer then. Right. It seems like, well, I've, I've been cleared by this higher level of care, and now this medical professional, if they said I'm good, then what's a dumb dumb, you know, with maybe a bachelor's and a uh, NSCA certification right. going to tell me? They mm-hmm. said I'm good. Uh, but that's where the rubber meets the road, you know, and that's right. where LGN was fantastic, Jim, and that's where we get to kind of help guys now is that transition from... And this is just, this isn't something that we're going to fix, but this is a a global issue is that, you know, and I work with some really great physical therapists that I completely trust a hundred percent. But if you go to most physical therapy offices, like, what do you see in there? You know, there's not, there's not dumb, you know, huge sets of dumbbells and, you know, a a ton of stuff that you can do some, some decent strength work in. Um, They're also, you know, handicapped by the insurance system. So it's like, by the time you run out of your benefit, whatever that may end up being, you know, that's that might be as far as they get you. You know, and strength and conditioning typically is not covered, you know, by right. insurance unless you can wrap it up into, you know, chiropractic care or you do have a physical therapist that offers that. Yeah. But now you're getting to the point where the person that you should be spending the most with is also costing you the most out of pocket. Mm-hmm. And that's a tough that's tough for anyone to uh you know, crack that nut financially sometimes, you know, and it's just, it's a, it's a, it's just a flaw in our system, you know, and, um, it won't be repaired anytime soon. It's just unfortunately the nature of the beast, you know, I wonder if it's hard too, because, uh, just from conceptualizing the cost versus what you think you're getting out of it. Cause for a shoulder injury, say like I would view something like a, uh, deadlift trap bar, straight bar as a highly, impactful movement for a shoulder injury mm-hmm. you know but if you come to me with like yeah I, I got my labrum fixed and i'm released from pt and we start doing deadlifts from like why are we doing this leg stuff right for my shoulder like i'm here to make my shoulder strong mm-hmm. so i think there's a gap there too yeah probably comes just down to a communication error right. with the guys uh with the trainers that are helping people but mm-hmm. yeah there's there's going to be a lot of a lot of blind spots there that the physical therapists aren't going to see i've also been kind of surprised of the of the PTs we met, aside from the ones that you're you're big fans of, there's there's been a general lack of strength and conditioning knowledge that I've oh, seen, yeah. and that, that was a shocker to me. Mm-hmm. I always thought that a majority of PTs would be former athletes who went through a like a D one or a D three system or some mm-hmm. kind of high level athleticism, been exposed to a lot of weight room stuff, and that's how they kind of get right. a feel for oh, I want to I want to do this to help people. Mm-hmm. 
there's been far more PTs that are just academics and they're students yeah. that, that chose this lane. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I know when we had some into the gym to kind of like come see the gym for a day, see what we do. And they were, that was the first time being exposed to some of that stuff. I right. was like, that's, that's, that was a big surprise for me. Mm-hmm. I expected this, a lot different. And that's another topic too of like, you really need to do some research and take a look at what's in your area because um, you, you can, you can get some physical therapists that have no idea what we do, you yeah. know, or they're poor movers, um, you know. And so a lot of times, I feel like a lot of times I'll get calls from guys and they're like, hey, who do you recommend for PT? And I'll find someone like 20 minutes away and they're like, nah, that's too far to drive, you know. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go to, you know, this this one in the strip mall that's right around the corner from yeah. my house. But if you look at that, those ones, who do you think is in there most of the time? It's all old people. N- nothing wrong with that, but it's like, okay, so if, if the bread and butter patient that these physical therapists are seeing is old people, and now you throw a firefighter who needs to return to work and that's not that trainer's bread or that therapist's bread and butter like that's not that to me that's not the best place to end up you know but you're just going there because it's five minutes from your house you know yeah so there's 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 some ownership that needs to be taken from from you and researching you know other facilities that might not be convenient to get to but it's a better outcome you know if you drive you know an extra 10 minutes yeah because from the city standpoint they're all the same right they just want to know that you're going to PT and when you're going to be back, mm-hmm. you know? And so if you allow that to dictate your actions, that's very well what you could end up with is, right. well, if they're all the same to them, then they're all the same to me. What else guys do <clears throat> is they get their surgery from this orthopedic who's got buddies at their, their orthopedic also incorporates this physical therapist. And right. so they say, oh yeah, go over here to this guy. And it's like, well, yeah, of course they're going to say that. They're making money <laughs> off of it, yeah. you know. It's like that might not be the best place for you to end up, you know. Yeah. And so there's nothing wrong with interviewing a few different PT places and, and you know, driving a, look, a couple extra miles to one that you think would be a better option for you. Yeah. So let's let's just hit on the uh, mentality side of it real quick because we've both had conversations with people that we've had to kind of tell them, like, your your goals have changed now. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be an acceptance process to understand that. but. Right. Things are different now, and you have to you have to understand what just happened and what your potential is in the future. So, um, I mean, you can speak on it first, and I, I just had one recently with a guy. Uh, but what have you kind of seen from that front? I usually I'm pretty upfront with people, and I just I kind of use driving a car as an analogy. So I just say like you you're only concerned with what's in your windshield out in front of you. Like anything that's in your rearview mirrors is in the past. Like you're not that's not your goal. Your goal is. 13 years or 16 years, whatever it is to get to your pension unscathed so that you can enjoy that pension and not be hurt. And so stop, stop thinking about, did you used to squat 300 pounds? Because that doesn't matter anymore. It's what's out in front of you that matters. And how can you stay on that path moving forward, looking out the windshield versus reminiscing as to what you you used to do. And I know we've, we've had guys at work and, and this is just an education thing on, on that. It's like they have shoulder or neck injuries and they're like, yeah, so when can I do pull-ups? And it's like, yeah, maybe never. Why? You know, <laughs> like, first of all, yeah. why? Yeah, you know, why is that? Why that that shouldn't be where we go to first? You know? Yeah. Well, I think it's, I think a lot of times people take the prognosis after a surgery as they don't know what to do with it, mm-hmm. right? So you might you might get someone that says like, hey, you got your shoulder done, you might need it revised in six to eight years, yeah. or it might be fine. So if I take that and I have 
15 years left, I might think like, okay, over the, and 15 years gets me to 30, right? I might think, okay, halfway through my next 15 years, I might have to get this revised, but then I have another six or seven after that, right? Yeah. Same with back injuries. You know, they could tell you, well, if you are lucky, you might not have an issue again, or, or we'll have to go in and keep fusing different levels and blah, 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 but we'll see how it goes. Right. This was a success, so we'll, you can start working again, right? Mm -hmm. And then guys go back to like, well, my plan was 30 years or 35 years, and that's good. I got this problem fixed, and now I can finish that out. And uh, it takes a, a difficult conversation to kind of tell those guys, like, listen, your job now with the injury you had and the open-ended timeline, you might have to reevaluate that. Your goal now should be to figure out when is the soonest possible time you can retire mm -hmm. or get out of this profession. And like you said, exist perfectly fine with the limitations you have. But that is your goal now. Mm -hmm. And if you make it to that, great. And if you feel good, keep going. But you can't be surprised now if this degrades over the next four or five years and you're out, whether mm -hmm. you like it or not. Mm -hmm. And so I just had a conversation with a guy the other day, and I told him that because he's tier two, and so he would, ha he would have like 22 years left, you know. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, you need to have some tough looks at your books and figure out when the soonest you can leave is and make that your acute goal. Mm -hmm. And like keep that in mind and work towards that. And if it works out, great. And if it doesn't work out, at least you'll be on the right path to get out healthy, you know? Um, but those aren't conversations like a doctor is going to have with you or right. even guys that are off the job that got hurt. They, they won't tell you that they'll, they'll be like, well, I made it another seven years after I had my fusion and then I had to go. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I've, I've definitely seen people fall back in of like, cool, got fixed back online. And now right. I'm just going to pick up right where I left. And that's just not, I mean, you, you taught, you said it quickly or no, I think you didn't, you brought up afterwards that you want to hit on the, um, the greatest predictor of injury, you mm -hmm. know, his previous injury thing. Right. It's a very important point of conversation, though, is once you're hurt and you've been off work and you come back, you need to reevaluate what your career is going to be. Right. And start looking outside for for a lifestyle and a, something you can do with a fused back or a, a repaired shoulder or a, right. a fused neck or something like that because that's the reality of it. Yeah. Yeah, and the, <clears throat> I think another thing that, sometimes people struggle with on the other side is immediate results you know and a lot of times you have to you have to slow people down and be like you understand exactly what happened when you had your meniscus repaired right like somebody <laughs> right cut three times down to your bone yeah and sawed around and sutured stuff up like that doesn't just take two weeks to be back to normal you yeah. know and trying to trying to really slow people down on that and pull the reins back on them um the other thing is, is always glorified is the professional athletes who return to play. Oh man. Adrian Peterson is like the worst thing. The ever. worst thing that could happen. <laughs> the worst thing that could happen, you know? And it's like, it's a really hard conversation to have with people to be like, yeah, nine, nine to 12 months, but, but you're not an outlier. You're just normal. So 12 to 18 months is probably yeah. you, you know? And you also have to remember like, yeah, Adrian Peterson made it back to the NFL in nine months, but he had countless numbers of professionals yeah. working with him to protect their investment. So he's getting massage, he's getting culinary services, he's getting everything eight hours a day. Yeah. You're going to physical therapy for an hour a day, twice a week. And then driving right. Driving an hour to and get there. And then not doing anything beyond that. <laughs> yeah. And then eating like an asshole. Yeah. You know, so it's like <laughs> same you same. are not you are not the outlier. You're yeah. just normal. You yeah. know? But normal isn't broadcasted you know right and so that's the, yeah you're absolutely right that adrian peterson coming back at nine months was just 
devastating <laughs> to us. <laughs> it got referenced way more than I thought it would. Yeah. You know, it, it was almost like that, that uh, I don't, people almost felt cheated that they hadn't seen that or been told that sooner. Right. Of like, you guys have been telling me a year and this guy didn't mind. Were you lying to me? Yeah. Like, no. no. <laughs> like, he is. Right. <laughs> like, his freakish body is lying to you. Yeah. Like, it's not something that we can do and we won't tell you we can do it. Right. And even if you do feel relatively good in nine months, we're still not going to tell you that you're good because also, you're not. Parallel, way different, but parallel, is Adrian Peterson only had like one or two good years after coming back from that and then he was dust. I would never know that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and so kind of like we're talking is like, yeah, you come back and you're okay for a period of time, yeah. but greatest predictor of injury is re-injury, you know, right. or previous injury, right. you know. And now he's doing something not contact related that he can probably do just fine. The, the guys, he's been playing up until maybe like the last year even, but everyone brings him in thinking they're going to get Adrian Peterson from 10 years ago. Right. <laughs> and they get a guy that can barely make it to the line of scrimmage and they're like, what? What happened? Jeez. And it's like, well, yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Oh, good. You know, he's, uh, he's only got 17 years left in the league to fulfill right. his uh, pension requirement for the fire department. Correct. And I also want to throw the disclaimer out there. He's a professional athlete. I hate when people liken us to professional athletes. We're tactical athletes, bro. I also hate that, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so yeah. I don't want to draw any, any parallels to compare us necessarily to what Adrian Peterson is. But, uh, yeah. But yeah, well, there's a large class of people that believe we have harder jobs than professional athletes. Um, that's just such apples and oranges. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's almost like comparing a professional athlete and us. It's yeah. how, how how apples and oranges right. it is. <laughs> um, we make our job harder. That's the problem. Yeah. Um, anything else you want to hit on for return to work? I mean, it's a quick one. That's not quick at all. It was. It's been about thirty minutes so far. It's just another round and round conversation. It can spur off in so many different. No, I, you know, I think just the biggest thing to understand is like, just because you got cleared from your ortho and your physical therapist doesn't mean you're done. Like you, you, you've got to keep investing in yourself. And dude, I can't tell you how many injuries I've had that I test on a daily basis mm-hmm. and they last so much longer than they should have. Oh yeah. Like, like an ankle, an ankle sprain, right? Mm-hmm. I've never bounced on my toes so much is when I hurt oh, my yeah. ankle. Like it's, yeah, I'm, when people strain their calves, I'm like, pretend you had surgery on your calf. Yeah. That's what you should pretend like for the next week. Like, and like immediately someone will like start bouncing on their toes. I'm like, don't do that. It's exactly. never done that in your life. Yeah. <laughs> You've yeah. never ever done that before. Now oh, you're it hurt. It still hurts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> God, dude. Pretty smart. Like a professional athlete. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's wrap this one up. Uh, if you guys have any questions or need anything from us, don't hesitate to reach out. Instagram is a good place to hit us up. I'll tag Kurt in all the posts. And uh, we'll talk to you guys soon.